Hello and welcome to the Slow Home Podcast. This is the podcast all about slow living in a fast world. And my name is Brooke McCallery. Thank you very much for joining us today. My name is Ben McCallery and welcome to episode 201. And because it's the first Thursday of the month, we are hostfulling. We are. We are. It's, I, I feel like it's been a while since we've done just a solid question and answer hostful. Q&A Q hostful, the traditional hostful. Yeah, and as always, we have really, really good cracking questions to answer, so I'm excited to get into it. Before we do that, though, we've got something else that we want to talk about, and I think we'll talk about it after we answer the questions. Let's talk about it after the questions, because... Oh, I'm so excited. Mm, so am I. It's a, it's a big, exciting, positive thing. I've had quite a few people comment recently. They're like, is the podcast going anywhere? You know, are you guys, are you changing anything? I'm like, no, the podcast's not going anywhere. So I just want to upfront say that we're not announcing the cancellation of the podcast. That's not an exciting <laughs> That's not an exciting that thing. That would be a devastating That would be a sad thing. Yeah. So I'm just resting your no, minds. No, it's definitely not not devastating. It's It's really good. And it connects really well with our why, mm. our why being we just want to help people live a slower life, as you guys probably already know that. But it's just something else that I think will really provide some some wonderful answers for for our community of awesome like-minded people. But we will get to that. Talk about bearing the lead. I know. We will talk about that very shortly. <laughs> but let's um, let's answer some questions first. All right. The first question comes from Rachel. Rachel writes, I'm in the process of recovering from postnatal depression a second time, and I'm finding myself having awful anxiety about reducing my household waste. I've listened to your practical tips about how to do it, but the perfectionism of doing it all perfectly, all or nothing, mm -hmm. is plaguing me. Do you have any podcasts or suggestions about to, where to begin to work through the eco-anxiety? Mm. It's a very, very good question and a very, very common obstacle, I think. So first of all, I love this term eco-anxiety. I think it wraps up really nicely the that feeling that we get when we've decided we want to make changes and it can be applied to lots of things, but I think particularly with with the shifting awareness of waste and plastic pollution that has happened over the last couple of years people know they want to change but life modern life generally still is very geared to not supporting those changes so we have our best intentions at heart and then we realize it's really tough to do all of the, like, to make all of the changes that we want to make and I feel that too myself I battle with it every day because I am far from perfect with this you know reducing plastic waste, reducing waste in general. Uh, I've made huge strides. I think we all have in the past couple of years, but yeah, not nailing it. So just putting that out there uh, to make sure that everyone knows if they're comparing themselves against what they think we're doing, we're not nailing it. So, and I still feel okay about that because we are making slow and gradual and consistent changes over time, which are making an impact. And I think that's important to know. So I think tied really closely to that for Rachel is, of course, she's she's battling this 
kind of almost on two fronts because postnatal depression often, it did with me anyway, results in a lot of anxiety, you know, a lot of heightened emotions and, and that anxious feeling of struggling with perfectionism and trying to do everything and be everything to everyone and anything less than that is failure. Mm. Uh, and that uh, that's me. Yeah. I, you know, I can kind of sense from Rachel's email that there is a lot of that going on for her as well, but that was me. Absolutely. So you're kind of battling with that and then also dealing with this other related issue of the eco-anxiety. So my first piece of advice, I guess, is to take it easy on yourself. Yeah. Honestly, uh, easier said than done. I absolutely understand that. But give yourself permission to not be perfect is really important. I mean, write it down, Mm. say it out loud, ask someone to say it to you. But give yourself permission to not be 100%, particularly as you're, you're newly making these changes, you know, maybe quite new to these changes. It's sort of expecting ourselves to be able to run a marathon before we can walk. Yep. So give yourself permission to not be nailing it. And then I think choose an area that you either feel requires the most attention, like the thing that feels most urgent to you. Like it may be plastic bags. It may be food wrapping. It may be, uh, you know, your garbage amount at the end of the week. It may be food waste. I'm not sure what your biggest pain point is, but perhaps look at focusing your attention just on that one thing, what that one big pain point is. And if you realize that that pain point is simply anxiety, then just choose one area to focus on. You can go the opposite and choose the thing that seems easiest, but just choose to focus in one particular direction for these changes and make those changes and work them into your life so that over time they become your new normal. And then you're in a great position to make more changes and more changes. And while it's not a, um, it's not a rapid fix, none of this is, we didn't, we didn't develop our habits overnight. We're not going to be able to break them overnight. So I think take, pride in the small changes that you're making and that you're making consistently and use that as your motivator to continue to to work through it i mean there's no there's no easy answer and i'm saying all of this and i know that you will probably understand exactly what i'm saying but you also are still battling with that that anxiety that self-imposed perfectionism so it's i think it's a matter of learning to let go of that i don't know if you meditate uh but i have found that meditation has impacted my ability to, to change everything, not at all related to meditation. Uh, it could be perhaps finding a guided meditation for dealing with perfectionism. I'm sure that Insight Timer app has quite a few. I've been just playing around with a few different programs and repeating the same program day in and day out for a while. And the impact it's made has been phenomenal. Like, had you told me I was going to say this a few years ago, I wouldn't have believed you, but I've been doing this um, chakra cleansing for self-confidence. And for me, it's it's merely just a a process of focusing on the physical feeling of, you know, that, that swooping, flighty feeling in the stomach that you get when you're suffering from low self-confidence or that something's really impacting your confidence. And it's focusing on that and it's it's treating it as a physical sensation rather than an emotional one Mm -hmm. and just day in and day out focusing on breathing into that and releasing like it's phenomenal the difference it's had so there could be a 
a, uh, a something similar for for you to to start just focusing on how to to work through that perfectionism. Sorry, I've dominated, and you're looking at me like I've got something to say. I just I just wanted to go back just quickly to when you said meditation because I think that that's a really good suggestion about how to manage it. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking, and you don't often do this. You say meditate whenever is good for you. Mm-hmm. But I'm just thinking in Rachel's case, wouldn't the morning, like the first thing in the morning, be a really powerful way of setting up her day? Because it, you know, when she's saying anxiety from reducing household waste mm-hmm. and and being a perfectionist in that sort of regard, isn't that the act of just getting up in the morning, centering yourself, having that meditation? I think that timing and that time of day would just be so much better if she could possibly do that. Yeah, maybe in an ideal world, yeah. yeah. I mean, I I personally much prefer to meditate in the morning for yeah. that exact reason before I allow my brain to kickstart its... The perfectionism. Yeah, exactly. Uh, All of the things yeah. and thinking about what's happening during the day and what I'm stressed mm. about or what's concerning me or what I'm excited about. I think... Yeah, in an ideal world, absolutely. But I also don't want to tap into that perfectionistic tendency either by saying if you don't do it in the morning and if you don't do it for 35 minutes, then you may as well not do it at all, which which is, for me, that was a big obstacle to starting. Mm-hmm. It's like it didn't look like I thought it was going to look, I'm failing. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do it for 20 minutes, I'm failing. Um, my mind kept wandering, I'm failing. I didn't do it this morning, I tried to do it this afternoon and then the kids were around and it was hard and I'm failing. You know, so I think... Just finding time to do it when she can might be helpful, uh, and it's it's interesting because I don't see I, I wouldn't sit there or I wouldn't imagine you'd sit there and meditate on like thinking about plastic. Oh no 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 yeah. no not that not that <laughs> no, no, okay no. no but in saying that like the issue of household waste yes it's important but if Rachel's finding it it like an obsessive type behaviour around household waste then mm-hmm. maybe that's the time and I don't know whether Rachel's already doing it but going and speaking to to a professional as well. So it always sounds like she's recovering yeah, from. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think that that says that maybe she's yeah. sought out help, which yeah. is awesome. And that was absolutely necessary for me. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Uh, yeah, but I think give yourself permission to mm. not be perfect. Actually, you know what? Not only just give yourself permission, acknowledge that it is impossible to be perfect. It is impossible. So... <laughs> And acknowledge it, that it's beautiful to be not perfect. As Absolutely. Well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even Bea Johnson, who is the queen of zero waste, is not literally zero waste. She has, yeah, exactly. I mean, she's very, 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 very close, but that has been her life for many years to become that way. And she still has like a jar or a bag or a box oh. full of waste at the end of the year. It's, you know, like it's impossible to actually be perfect in this. So that's okay, you know, and you just do your best in one area at one time and then move on as that becomes normal. Yeah, it's the, I think the frustrating reality of making changes for, that are going to last for good is that they take time. Yeah, it's but not a worth quick, it. quick fix. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a lifestyle style, and not only your lifestyle but the lifestyle of your exactly. family as well. And that's the other thing. You're absolutely right. That's mm. the other thing. I mean, Rachel obviously is not existing in a vacuum. Like it's not just her making these changes. She has a family that needs to make those changes with her or around the same time as her. 
case and that's in point, frustrating. Case in point, yes. yesterday, I had to go to the shops to pick up three or four items. Before I left, Brooke goes, do you need a bag? As in, do you need Reusable. one of our cloth bags yes. to 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 go? And I said, no, look, I'll be able to carry these three things because, you know, it was getting close to dinner time. So I had to rush. I left and I came back with a plastic bag and I can't believe I did it. I was just in another headspace. When they put that in that plastic bag, I wasn't there. I, I just thought I would just be able to carry it. Like it was three small items. And so I feel your pain and you're going to make these mistakes. You know, your family's going to make these mistakes. You're going to one step forward, two steps back. Brooke is looking at me with the smuggest <laughs> smile on her face. I mean, the other way that we should do it is just leave the bags in the car. But Correct. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's where they live about half the time. But... Yeah. Just forgot to put them in there. Anyway, sorry. That's quite all right. A tangent, but it was a story that I thought was and may be helpful. Yeah. Like I said, we are not nailing it. But I, I do hope that that helps maybe bring some soothing to that, that eco-anxiety um yeah it's it's something that I absolutely relate to because I I sometimes find myself feeling very very overwhelmed and very um hopeless but kind of there's a there's that feeling sometimes when you look around and you see how great the issue is and recognizing that you know technically there could be more we we could be doing in every moment absolutely it absolutely could be. But I think the fact that you're making those changes and you're taking it so seriously is wonderful and it means that you're having a bigger impact than you probably realise already. To also be proud of the changes that you are already making. Yeah. But uh, keep it up and I hope things continue to improve. Absolutely. Mm. All right. Our next question is a culmination of a lot of different questions that we've had over the last couple of months just mm-hmm. on on gift giving mm. and the obligatory nature of gift giving we are approaching we are very close to the silly season well it is sort of silly already <laughs> for us but we are that's just like that's just us being silly. we are we're very close and so you know it's going to get to this time of year where people are Having those parties with friends and family and you're going to get that that twinge. Oh, and there's a secret you know, Santa. Secret and... Santa, but that twinge of like, oh, should I buy so-and-so a gift because they bought me a gift? Mm-hmm. Next, you know, this is... It's the tit for tat. The tit for tat. And, and it's it... also the societal expectations yeah. and the office Christmas party kind of stuff. Like I'm well not necessarily said. talking about kids yeah. or you know yeah. immediate family but the extended circles yep. I to me it should be just real simple just stop like honestly yeah. those that extended gift giving stuff just does my head in but it's hard I absolutely agree I just wish that everyone would stop at the same time the reason it's hard is because not everyone gets where I'm coming from most people don't do you know the worst time really to I think this is a good time to, to, to bring it up. The worst time to have those conversations is at Christmas, yes. like weeks out of Christmas. As people are already thinking you about know, You're it. already thinking, you know, all that is already happening. But I think the, the, the answer lies in the conversation you've mm. got to have, but you've got to have it not at Christmas time or not just at a, just while you're having a cup of coffee or a drink or a 
catch up, a regular mm. catch up. That's when it needs to be brought up. Right. Do you agree with that? I, I do. But I think now wouldn't be a bad time. I'm saying now is a good yeah. time. I yeah, think. I think well now be, is actually... Well before, yeah. Because we're, we're still three months out. Yeah. Is that right? About three months? Two two months? Two months. So two months, okay. Let's, let's, let's call it a two and a half. Sure, all right. Yeah, I, I do agree with you. I think now is a great time to have that conversation before people start to get the catalogues or, you know, think about the like all the invitations or all that all that all that kind of stuff. Mm. Now is a great time. Uh, I think if if gift giving is a must do still, if if you are pretty much cajoled into it and you have tried to have those conversations with your coworkers or your mates or your extended family and people are not they're not open to it then golden rule experiences over stuff even more golden rule charitable giving so i often will give like a world vision voucher i mean not that i can't remember the last time i had to do an office christmas party but even extended family things i will do like a whatever the gift value is say it's 50 dollars i will buy a um, 50 dollar gift card for world vision or a $50 donation card for world vision and give that. And I couldn't care less if people are offended. Mm. I really couldn't mm. because we don't need it. I can almost guarantee you that whatever crappy piece of plastic novelty that is given at Christmas parties is unneeded by anyone. And it really start. it really just grinds my gears because it's how many of those things end up either at the op shop where no one wants them or in the bin mm. in the month after Christmas. Like what an, what a, just a, a completely incredible waste of resources and money. Beyond, you may as well burn yeah. your money. Yeah. You know, because Absolutely. what we get a chuckle out of it, great. Let's just have a chuckle about something else. Tell a funny story. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So if, if you're in and you can't, you can't extricate yourself from one of those things, do a charitable gift card or a donation in the name of someone. Do it on behalf of your entire extended family. I've done that before too. Made people quite uncomfortable. Didn't care. <laughs> because really, with the amount that I would have spent on a gift for everyone, we were able to buy like a tent for um, like a family in crisis in a refugee camp in Syria. You tell me what's more important. Mm. You know, and that's not me being smug. That's just me being fed up with the amount of money we spend and waste at Christmas. And these are not on our children. These are not on our parents. These are on people who we work with or mates. Like, really? You know, just turn it around and make the world slightly better yeah. for it. Yeah. So I'm going to challenge myself. Okay. After Christmas this year, well, after New Year, early in the New Year, write a list of all the presents, gifts that you received or, and that you bought for someone. Mm-hmm. And write a list and what they were or whatever, but just take note of what, what, what it was that was gifted to you or gifted from, from you. And then have a look at that list and then say, what do I need? What do I want? What do I, you know, go through the, you know, what's really special? What, what do I think is important? And, you know, there could be experiences in sure. those gift giving, but it's not the point. The point is... To then after Christmas, just so you, it's, it's top of mind, have that conversation with the people that, that gifted you that thing. So you're saying add up that amount 
and talk about that with people. Or is that really uncomfortable? Probably, but doesn't mean it's not worth it. Mm. You know, if we did that, if we said for all of these kind of extended circle uh, gifts that we bought over this period, that was $300, Mm. you know, between colleagues and extended family, whatever. What could have... What could that $300 have gone towards mm. that is more significant than a couple of bottles of wine and, mm. um, you know, a novelty clock? Yeah. It's about getting people to think. Like what I'm trying to say is just getting people thinking about sure. it directly after. Like and when it's top of mind and you're like – because everyone has that hangover. of like, financial hangover. Holy moly, it's midway through January. I don't have any money left because, Correct. you know, I've just – spent the last month spending yeah that is absolutely true and i remember um b johnson i twice i mentioned her this episode Mm. but she said when she was initially exploring zero waste living her husband was not on board because he didn't think he a thought that it would cost them more money uh and b didn't think that any savings would be worth the additional effort Mm -hmm. so she went on and she made those changes anyway and then showed him hard proof of how much money they had saved over six months and he was on board he's like that's it that's what i wanted so he's obviously like a questioner yeah and he wanted proof of the benefits of this kind and and that's hard proof sort of like me with slow living totally yeah so yeah. that, I think that's, okay. that's, a, that's a really good way of doing it. And I think if you are in a position to have the conversation with people now, then do it. Maybe gird yourself and be prepared to be the person to say, hey, what about this year? We don't. Mm. Or what about this year? We all put in the $20 office gift price limit each and make a donation. I mean, there have been significant natural disasters in the world this year alone let alone humanitarian crises and other things going on in the world, like maybe you saying something is going to be the catalyst for other people to go, yeah, I feel uncomfortable about this too, but no one wants to be that person. So if you can, I mean, send an email to your manager and ask your manager to send it out to everyone or just raise the question, put a note up in the lunchroom, send a a text, a group text to your like your cousins or your aunties and uncles and, and say, this is what I'm thinking. Be prepared for a knockback. Mm. Be prepared for people who are going to hold on tightly to their traditions. Mm. And I get tradition. I love tradition. I don't love it when tradition has become synonymous with spending money on crap. Mm. I, that's not what I like. Mm. I like traditions of spending time with people. And here's the thing. This is my big issue with extraneous gift giving it's heaps easier to buy someone a gift and feel good about that like now they know i love them now they know that i like them or value them it's harder to spend time with someone that's so much more valuable totally yeah you know and if you wouldn't do that if you wouldn't go hey let's go and hang in a park for four hours and talk or let's go get a coffee if you wouldn't do that with the person that you're giving the gift to then why are you giving them a present you know, I think it's just madness. It is absolute madness now to see what people are spending money on. And it's only to, in some way, to feel better about things, you know. And again, let me reiterate, I'm not talking about kids. I'm not talking about parents or sisters. Like, I'm not talking about your immediate family. I think we could do a heap more to decrease that particular pressure. But I'm talking about these crazy external 
work and office and acquaintance gift giving. How's this for a random thought? Okay. So with the gift giving, linking it back to your why or your purpose. So we often get asked about how do I live mindfully and slowly when I've got an office job, you know, that, you know, 10 hours a day and, and all those sorts of things. How do I convince other people that this is, these are my values? What, this is a perfect opportunity. To, to exemplify it. To, yeah. to, to, to just put something out there. And that's all it is. You just, you know, it might be putting a note in the, in the kitchen, in the office saying, even if it's next year you do it, saying, hey, guys, this is how, you know, this is what we did this year. How about we do something different next year? Or if it's, you've still got time, do it this year. Yeah. Average it out. It would cost us everyone $20, which is the equivalent of $200. Mm-hmm. Um, $200 can provide clean drinking water to so-and-so you know just what but whatever your why is you link you try and link it back to that yeah i also think we need to be prepared to be the person who takes control of that project i think the reason so often looking at office ones for example that they they remain the same year in year out is because no one could be bothered to change it everyone's busy at particularly that time of year everyone's tired everyone's looking forward to a break no one wants to be the person driving the change or coming and collecting the money or buying the charity voucher. But if you want change, you need to change, you know, and I think that's really important too. Like not only be frustrated by it, but do something about it. Very true. Send the email, be yeah. prepared to, to step up yeah. or, or be the person who puts their hand up and says, actually, this doesn't work for me anymore. I'm out. And there's going to be consequences to all of those choices. Mm. And that's okay. You know, be, be, be happy with the consequences because the choice that you made was the right one for you. Mm. Uh, I think that does bring me back to a thought though. So someone may be thinking, I have team members or staff members who I love and who I'm grateful for and who work incredibly hard during the year and I want to show them gratitude. I want to give them something to show gratitude. So yeah. this is where hampers come in. This is where, you know, other like those baskets, cellophane wrapped baskets full of stuff come into things. And I think the, the intention is lovely, you know, because we've got a couple of people who work with us and I absolutely want to show them gratitude at the end of the year for the work that they've done. But what are some ideas for that, that aren't going to add to a, the obligation factor. This is not something you need to reciprocate and be the clutter and, and waste factor. I think, again, going back to that golden rule, experiences over stuff. I mean, if they like a particular cuisine, buy them a restaurant voucher. If they love music or theatre or comedy, see if you can buy them tickets to a show or, you know, a, a season pass or something like that. I mean, completely depends on what your budget is. But there's experiences and experiential gift giving starting at a couple of dollars that goes all the way up to whatever you want it to, you know, and I think show people your gratitude by gifting them time and memories and and positive experiences rather than stuff that they eventually have to figure out what to do with, you know, it's, yeah, I just think that that's, that's probably the best way of doing it or, and it's interesting that people feel uncomfortable about this, give them money you know, or a voucher to, to somewhere. And if they are going to buy something with it, make it something that they want, not something that you think they want. You know, if they can put it towards travel, a travel voucher is a great idea if that's sort of what, you know, what they, they value. So 
I'm not saying don't give gifts to people who you want to show gratitude to, but just be really mindful of them and don't just go into it because you've always done it. Mm. Mm. Very good. That was a really roundabout way of answering quite a lot of questions that we've had, but yeah, but I think it's I think pretty good. Yeah, yeah, and we also do have a um, like a holiday kind of themed Monday series coming up where we do talk more specifically about gift giving for kids and closer family members. But I thought that that is something that people do struggle with mm. what we've just discussed, and I think that well, hopefully that will help. Here's a question. Okay, what's made you laugh? As in lost control, big belly laugh. Recently. Recently. Uh, this is a great question. Thanks, Kerry. It is a really good question. A couple of things. I have an absurd sense of humour. So Comedy Bang Bang uh, 500th episode Spectacular was on a few weeks ago and I just I had tears rolling down my face. Nick Kroll was on it, Paul F. Tompkins, Lauren Lapkus. It was just absurd and amazing and i loved it and there was a more recent episode with uh, the wild horses uh mm-hmm. on it as well which i really really enjoyed uh and wet hot american summer 10 years later on netflix on netflix yeah. is quite hilarious there is a link there it's all really absurd oh you know, totally like absurd just yeah. crazy absolutely mm. I, I love absurdist kind of comedy so yeah what about you Doing this, podcasting, because, okay. because, I mean, for years we've podcasted and I can't imagine the outtakes that we would have. <laughs> like, it would be unbelievable. Um, and just to note, because a few people have picked up, we've started to include some outtakes at the end of our podcast now. If you listen to right to the end, you'll you get a few, um, particularly in this episode. Um, but, you know, I just... The belly laughs that we have yeah. together recording this, we have a lot of fun. And, yeah, I, I just, sometimes I just lose it. And you get on the, those wonderful laughing things where you could be just saying the most basic mm-hmm. thing, but you just can't stop laughing. You can't even look at one another. <laughs> so that's, that's the last time and it's been part of this recording. Yeah. Like always, some cracking questions. Thank you, everyone, for sending those through. The best place to do that is Facebook, I think. Correct. We sort of collate them all. If you send a question just on a regular post, we, we will pick that up and answer it in our once-a-month hostful podcast. We will indeed. Speaking of hostful podcasts, we're going to be recording one live. First yeah. ever live podcast hostful recording at the State Library in Sydney. On the 21st of October, so a couple more weeks, and not entirely sure what that's going to look like yet, but it will be fun. Be a hostful. It will be a hostful, yeah. So hopefully people, A, will turn up, and B, will turn up with questions. Yeah. But if you're in Sydney, if you want to come along, please do. It's uh, We will have a link in the show notes to the event information, but it's 2 o'clock, I think, on the 21st, and it'll probably run for an hour. We'll do a meet and greet. I think there'll be a bookseller there selling books as well, and it will be lovely. Yeah. I'm really, really excited, actually, to yeah. do that. What a prestigious location. It makes me feel very fancy and quite mm. intelligent, actually, and That's right. neither of those could possibly be true. So, Particularly when it comes to this podcast. But uh, Yeah, exactly. People will be really disappointed when they see us set up, surrounded by pillows. <laughs> Possibly wearing our pyjamas. Yep, like now. <laughs> On to the exciting announcement. Yes. Drum roll. 
without further ado, I would want to hand it over. To, I would want to, and I'm going to hand it over to you to, <laughs> okay. to announce this awesome project. So back in, I think it was July, we did a listener survey for, for Slow Home podcast listeners and asking specifically what you want help with, what we can do to help you continue to slow down what your biggest obstacles and pain points were what your desires were as well like what you thought was going to help you push yourself into like the next level like yeah what we can what what we can create to quote the actual question we asked and it was an open open-ended question it was what is your biggest challenge or obstacle in being able to live a slower more mindful life or life you would like to live and so we did this because that's our why, isn't it? Yeah. That's what we want to do. We mm. want to help our community Correct. live their best life. And we had more than, I think, 1,200 people answer the survey, which was phenomenal and gave us such a great insight to what mm. people want. And we realized a few things. So we realized that people want specific advice in areas of slow living that we are not experts in. Yeah. We realized that. But we also realized that, at sellyourhome.com, I've been writing there for seven years almost. It is a resource that is very largely untapped. So there's all this information there that people can't get. So part of what we're doing is working with the lovely Steph, who is going back through the archives. And next year, we're going to restructure the website Mm -hmm. to make it a resource for people. We want it to become a place where people go to find out what they need to know Mm -hmm. about slow living, including the podcast, but other stuff as well. So that's one thing. That is not the big thing that we're doing. But it also made us realize that there is a whole network of amazing experts in slow living areas of specific areas of slow living like money and mindfulness and meditation and food and low tox living and low waste living productivity none of those things we are experts in but they are areas that people want help in and we're in a a fantastic position to start to bring those people together so what we thought we might do is create an in-person retreat for slow living And then, of course, we realize that our audience is global and we are not in the position uh, or the business of doing like events management. So, yet. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe. (laughs) So, we then asked ourselves what would happen if we took an like a slow living retreat and put it online so that you could work through the content of the retreat at your own pace at home in your pajamas if you want to. And that's what we're doing. Yeah. We are, we've created, I think it's the first ever slow living retreat online. And I could not be more excited oh. to be working with the people we are. It's just, it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm so excited. I really am. I think it's going to be absolutely fantastic. The, the caliber of people that we've brought together are really top notch. They're all experts in their field. Like Brooke said, when it came to, you know, slowing and mindful on topics like money, mm-hmm. you know, we get a lot of people talking, asking us questions and we just, we can't provide that advice. No. But there are experts that can. Absolutely. So let's run through the people who we're working with. Yeah. Yes. Okay, yeah. great. Good. So we've got Erin Rhodes, who is known as the Rogue Ginger and is an expert in low waste living. We've got Carolyn Tate, who you would know from the podcast. She's an expert in helping people uncover their purpose in both work and life. 
and how to make those two come together. Connect, yeah. yeah. Alex Stewart, who is the um, brains behind Low Tox Life, and we've also got Ben McCallery is presenting. He's a real cool guy. <laughs> I like that guy. Janelle Burley Hoffman is the author of I Rules, and she is also an expert at the, I guess, the intersection of mindfulness and digital connection, uh, particularly as it pertains to families and young people. But she's phenomenal. She just brings those two areas together in a way that is, it embraces technology without, uh, without I guess, losing ourselves to it as well. Uh, Jess Monan from One Part Plant is joining us. Ms. Kelly Exeter, the fabulous mm-hmm. Kelly Exeter. Kevin Jenks, who you will know from our meditation sessions back a few months ago. Kevin's going to lead a session on meditation as well as create a, an exclusive meditation playlist for you. We've got Rachel Cable, who was actually only on last week. So Rachel's talking about the intersection between um, self-esteem, cultivating self-esteem and mindfulness. Sam Dove is an accountant who now writes about the, I guess, how to make your money mindful and how to, to create a rich life without actually being in the, uh, the hamster wheel of constant wealth creation. Dr. Sarah Mackay is a neuroscientist and she's going to be talking about rewiring the brain in order to create more positive habits, which is, I think, something that people struggle with a lot. And we've got Lauren Verona, who is the founder of Zenko Yoga, who is going to take us through some beautiful yoga classes. And she's also got uh, a session that she's running as well about the idea of slow in yoga, applying to a busy life. And then there's me. There's you. There's me. So cracking, incredible roundup of people. So good. And you know, the best thing is you don't have to go out and buy that expensive caftan. (laughs) You don't have to share a room to save money with a total stranger. Correct. This yeah. is like a, a health retreat, a, a slow living retreat without any of the downsides. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We'll also have a, a Facebook group for everyone to join where we will be answering questions. We'll be running live video calls at least once a week, answering your questions, making sure that people are finding what they need out mm. of the course. Mm. There will be additional resources, workbooks, Playlists. Play, yes, playlists, yeah. music playlists, yeah. PDFs, worksheets, quizzes. Yeah, so there's a whole heap of resources and it's been designed, specifically designed for our listeners. I mean, anyone who wants to live a slow, more mindful life will benefit from this, but you guys are our primary audience for this. This is basically being produced for you. It is. Yeah, yeah. it absolutely So we're really, is. really excited to, to announce it first on this podcast and registration is open now. It is. You go to livelifesimplyretreat.com and you'll find everything you need to know there. Uh, yeah, really, really excited about this. Very, very excited. So the retreat runs for six weeks, but the say, like, it's only open to join between now and the 22nd of October. After that, we'll close down sales for it and everyone will come through the six weeks together. It's really important to us because that was one of the big things that people mentioned in our survey was community. Community. They want to connect with like-minded people who are learning the same things that they are at the same time. And that gives us a real opportunity to get to know each other over those six weeks. Create real connection with people who are coming from at the same page. So, you know, we've, we've worked pretty hard on this for the last six months and we're really excited to launch it now. 
you know, we want to do it before Christmas because you just get things just get, you know, crazy this that time of year and then early next year we're off. But this is pretty limited. It's pretty exclusive. You know, you need to get in before the 22nd of October because it is a hard you know, that's the start of it, really. Yeah, we start yeah. on the 23rd yeah. and, uh, yeah, we, we're closing closing down sales on the 22nd to make sure we're all there together. Yep. So livelifesimplyretreat.com. And that's our big announcement. It is. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Have a good week, guys. See ya. This is not something you need to reciprocate and be the clutter and and waste factor. I was asking you, but that's okay. (laughs) I've got some answers. I've got no idea. (sighs) Okay. I think, again, the golden rule. Stuff over experiences. Incorrect. Experiences over stuff. Uh, you know, find out if they like a particular kind of cuisine and buy them a restaurant to about uh, – oh, my gosh. <laughs> a voucher to a restaurant. I've been fumbling so badly. Should I just start again? Yeah. Just from – I was asking you, but you've got no idea. I'm not I'm not including that. That'll be in the, ble- the, the bloopers. Uh, all right. The bleepers. The bleepers. <laughs> the takeouts. Yeah.